This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. Last weekend, I had a uh, project to uh, do for the uh, the day job, which is the janitor job. That's my main job, and in fact, it's two of my jobs: my main full-time job and then my bigger part-time job. Anyway, uh, we had a project to take care of. Uh, some water damage happened, you know, or water got into. One of our buildings, uh, I think a pipe broke or something, so it was clean water, but, you know, still water nonetheless. And uh, so we went in to clean up the mess. And uh, while we were uh, driving down or heading our way, it was myself and our supervisor, and uh, he asked me a question. He showed me a, a can of some kind of sparkling water or something and he asked me he said uh, he mentioned a former employee of ours a fellow that used to clean for us who's somebody that that the supervisor knows a friend of his um, uh, this fellow that used to clean for us his wife is currently cleaning for us and anyway so he he said to me um, this former employee is trying to get him involved with uh, uh, with I think it's Amway. Now, do you guys know what Amway is? Did you know what multi-level marketing is? Network marketing. Well, I've talked about it before on the show, but uh, I figured I'd start off with this because I had a chance, an opportunity, to talk to somebody and say, "No, don't do it. Don't do it." <laughs> you know, the upshot of what I told him was that. But uh, I, I gave him a little more information about it. He said that um, uh, he talked about Amway, and we know that that we have uh, one other employee that works for us currently, uh, who is a friend of our boss, and our boss also dabble in the Amway. And uh, now my boss has never tried to push me into getting Amway, and the employee has never tried to do that with me either. Uh, but this former employee, who is a friend of our supervisor, is trying to get him to get involved. Because that's what multi-level marketing, or network marketing, that's, what, that's, that's your primary task. One is to give the company that, that you work for, be it uh, Amway or Herbalife or some, you know, there's, there's these juicing places. There's Shackley. My mom got hooked into Shackley back in the 70s, uh, although she didn't stick with it for long, but she got hooked into it. And what these things do, uh, you get a friendly representative from Amway, a friend of yours, that gives you this pitch, and they tell you, you know what you do. You know, you sign up for this, and then we have a, uh, a line of products. Uh, you need to maintain a, a monthly minimum of these products, uh, which is, while it's only a mere $300 a month, that's what this former employee is paying, $300 a month, for the stuff that he's supposed to sell. But at the same time as you're selling this stuff, you're trying to get other people to join this company to sell stuff as well. Which essentially is, you're trying to, to recruit people to compete against you. Which is ridiculous. 
but the way it's the way it's proposed it sounds really great uh, I had a, a, a couple a uh, fellow that lived across the street from me he and his girlfriend came over and I did some some cartooning for them and while I was going over some cartooning to do for them they they pitched me on some great fabulous thing like Amway and they gave me the pitch and I just told them now this is before I learned about these places or, or learned more about these places I just said geez you know I, I really appreciate you bringing this to my attention and, and thinking that I might uh, benefit from this but really I'm just not a salesperson I know I'm not a salesperson I'm not I'm not going to be able to, to to get somebody to you know to buy stuff that's just not my thing I, I do good customer service but I'm just not a salesperson I'm not the guy that can do a cold call and try to get somebody to do business. I I, I can't do that. Um, it's just not in me. I have a soul. No, I don't. <laughs> I do well. I do in the garage. A Kia soul. Uh, anyway, let's but not get sidetracked. So, um, so these places they 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 give you the pitch that see, okay, you get these products. Your investment is three hundred dollars a month, but you see, you get other people to sign up too and they get those products with the which they have to do a minimum of three hundred dollars you know stock a month and if you let's say you get five people you get five people you know you, you might you might try with 10 or 20 or something if you but you end up with five and they go out and they each get five people and then they go out then those other that that next tier they go out and they get five more people and 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 what happens is you get about 14 rounds of that maybe 15 rounds now but you get about 14 rounds and you run out of people on the planet it doesn't take that long to do that five by five you know you know five people get five more people each and then those people each get five more people each and each of those people get five more people each and eventually you've got more people than is possible to get because the planet only has so many people living on it which is a lot of people but it doesn't take that long it takes like 14 rounds to get to six billion so 15 rounds you're certainly above the the amount of people we have on the planet now uh, i should say that a lot of this information i'm laying on you here is stuff that i got from brian dunning who produces a podcast called uh, skeptoid uh, and he also does a, a video series on youtube called in fact so i'll link to the in fact video that's about this specific thing and these some of these things i'm telling you is just lifted right from brian dunning pulled there but i i've read about multi-level stuff marketing stuff and I've heard about it from other skeptical sources and and such so it, the stuff's around but this is a it's a pretty good uh, primer on what this stuff is about so um, it, it's so mathematically since not possible to you know you're gonna run out of people after 14 rounds if, if you can get five people each and you're you're recruiting people to pe compete against you they're selling the same things, or either it's cleaning products, or it's uh, um, some sort of fruity drinks, smoothie stuff, uh, whatever it is, vitamin supplements, or it's some service, some insurance thing, or something. It's just whatever it is, you're it's 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 overpriced, and you're just going to fail because uh, let's see. Now this was Brian Dunning said that the um, the Consumer Awareness Institute did a study of these uh, multi-level marketing places, and from their own claims, from their own claims, from from the places, uh, the worst, it, the worst place is Amway. According to this, 99.99 percent of everybody that signs up with with Amway loses money. The best place on this list that uh, Dunning showed, the best is Herbalife, and there it's 99.42%. So just over half a percent m managed to make some money. Probably not much, but, you know, and it's, well, well maybe, you know, that if there's like the, that one-tenth of a percent or one-hundredth of a percent that's uh, like the, in the Amway, those are the ones that are way at the top. Those are the ones that started the thing. They're they're making the money. I, you know, it's just 
it's 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 just bound to fail. So I tried to explain this to the supervisor, uh, and um, or there's one other point that Brian brings out. He says that you would have a better chance at winning, going out to Las Vegas, playing the roulette, and putting one, all your money on one number and spinning the wheel. Uh, you have a better chance of winning there. You have a 97.14% chance. That's better than Amway, and that's better than Herbalife, of, of a better chance of making money on it. Chances are still almost 100% that you're going to lose, but at least you get this near almost 3% chance of winning. So I just I told him that I, I I said no you shouldn't do it and I said and look at it this way I said uh, is this former employee they making any money at this well no but but they're told that you know this is the other hook they're told that soon you know they get enough people recruited they can make as much as ten thousand dollars a month hey, hey that'd be great but nobody gets that <laughs> nobody makes that and and. Uh, so I said, but it's not happening now, is it? His wife is still working cleaning buildings for us. And I said, the other fellow who's currently working for us right now lost his day job and uh, still is looking for a day job, but he's working for us at night, so he has some income. And, he, and he's trying to get as many hours as he can from us because his unemployment is running out. And he's doing this. I said, he, he's been doing it for years as has my boss still doing the same regular job so it's just I, I i was happy to tell him just don't do it i hope he takes my advice i hope he listens to me um he's asked me about things before he's um uh he's mong uh the, my, the supervisor he he's lived in america for a very long time but he still find some things confusing so he'll ask me about them what does this mean and he'll you know just to see just to get maybe he's not getting the language quite right or something like that so he'll come to me he trusts me and I like that um, that he's able to trust me and ask me about some stuff and so he he came to me because he had a I think I, I mentioned it a while back he got the phone call from supposedly it was the IRS and they were saying that they're coming after because he owes taxes and they're sending the police and he's telling me about that, and I, I said, no, 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 that's, you know, he asked me about it. I said, I said, no, that's just a scam. It's, you know, so so I'm glad he at least comes to me, and I have a chance to tell him, yeah, no, that's that's not, not don't worry about it. You're not, it's, it's a scam. The, the cops aren't coming to get you, and no, 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 you should not get involved in this. You're in, you can just end up losing money, and you're just going to end up, quietly quitting which most people do they just stop doing it okay you know i just i i just can't make a go of this and they say oh, well you just didn't try hard enough but uh, you know if you double the amount you spend each month you'll do even better <laughs> why not <laughs> uh so yeah so stay away from multi-level marketing things because it's just you're just going to lose money you're just it's they can't work and why would you why would you recruit people to compete against you I will link to the Brian Dunning piece um, which has the same information most of which I just said to you but you know that's my source uh, at least you know, one I can link to and uh, and that you can find those links to anything that I talk about on the show that I tell you that you can go check the show notes you can find those show notes at dimland.com dimland.com get there you'll see there's an option for the blog and you click on that and you'll get to the show notes there also is an option for my online portfolio so you can look and see that I can do some art stuff I should I haven't put new stuff up on there for quite a while but um, I do put new stuff up on my Facebook page but you know and also there is a link to a cafe press site where you can actually buy some merchandise with my images on my cartooning or and such on them so that would be cool but you could do that it'd be a little money coming in here I'm not asking you to go recruit five people to get them to recruit five people to get them you know so that they can all spend money in my cafe press store but you know maybe that's not a bad idea so you know how I do at the end of the show I try to remember to do with you know a segment called three cool things which, you know, it's just, you know, I tend to complain. <laughs> I know that. I know I tend to. Sometimes I get a little, 
you know, it gets a little negative sometimes. And I, I try to balance things on a show so that I'm not just negative Nelly the whole way through. And uh, I, I really hope that I'm, I'm accomplishing that. But sometimes there's things that you just got to get after. You know, you just got to get. It's it's something that gets under my craw. When I do my pedantic moments, hopefully there's you can tell my tongue's in my cheek just a little bit uh, when I'm talking about the things that bug me and, and the my moments of pedantry or my args. But, you know, I like to say, well, you know, each show I should have three cool things because cool things happen all the time. So I thought this week I'd try doing the three cool things, um, intersperse them through the show so I'm not rushing at it at the, at the very end. So I do have uh, the first cool thing I want to talk about. Uh, this was shared on Facebook, uh, a meme that was put together, I believe, by NASA. It was on their Facebook site, I guess, and it got shared around the internets. Uh, and this, uh, I saw it because it got shared by a friend of mine, uh, Travis, one of the elders of the Minnesota Skeptics. Uh, he, he shared it, and then I shared it on my Dimland radio page, which, by the way, if you're a Facebook person, Go on over to Dimland Radio and like it, please. I'm sitting at 191 likes. I should do another, you know, push for getting more likes to see if I can break 200. But you know, if I could get and if I could get all those 191 people actually subscribe to the show, which you can do on iTunes, or you can follow on Podbean, or you can check wherever you get podcasts. You might be able to find it there. Dimland Radio, just look for it. Come on, subscribe. You don't have to listen to every show. Just download it and delete it. <laughs> Listen to some of them. Some of them's got to have some moments of interest. So, <clears throat> so be sure to check that out. It's, you can you can subscribe, but and you can friend or like the uh, the Dimland uh, radio page on Facebook. That'd be cool. Well, all right. So, what he shared was some information about Voyager Two. That's uh, one of two spacecraft that uh, human beings. Us, uh, we created these, uh, you know, collective, uh, our species, created these spacecraft, two spacecraft that were launched in 1977, Voyager 1 and Voyager 2. I believe Voyager 2 was launched first, but Voyager 1 would have been the first one to get out of the solar system. I think, that, I think that's why they numbered them that way. I think. There's something odd about the numbering, but they, it evens out at some point point somewhere and these uh, th these are the ones that uh, Carl Sagan was involved in in, in making and he was involved in um, uh, putting together the gold record that's on the spacecraft that that can be played on a there's a there's a phonograph on there somewhere which or some sort of computing device that can pull images off the record it's like a regular album except it's made of gold you know the vinyl albums you know you know those that they we used to have in the old days, which are still the hipsters are still getting them today. So they, so they can get that and they get all this information about Earth. Uh, they can get pictures. They can get greetings in different languages. Carl Sagan's son, who was just a kid, a boy at the time, a little boy, gives a greeting, and now that that's got to be cool. And so there's some there's some aspects about this uh, that uh, NASA. Be sure was sure to point out in this meme, and I'm going to give you some information that uh, that that contained. Um, there were two of these spacecraft. I mentioned that. I think they were going to do f more than that, but the uh, budgeting. I think they might have gone as many as four was what they were thought about. Um, they were launched in 1977, so they've been out in space for 41 years. Uh, the let's see. Uh, the Voyager 2 is traveling at uh, 34,191 miles an hour. That's relative to the sun. Uh, it has uh, it has traveled uh, 11 billion with B billion miles from the sun. Uh, that's and it has just recently gone out of the solar system, meaning it's it's gotten into interstellar space. So the the influence of our sun is no longer able to reach Voyager. It's uh, Voyager two. Voyager one got out of the solar system, I think, a year or two ago. So, you know, they are interstellar. They're out there, just zipping through the void of space. Amazing. It travels at uh, uh, 
290 million miles a year, which is astounding. Uh, being 11 billion miles from the sun essentially means it's 11 billion miles away from Earth. Earth is only 93 million miles from the sun, so it's, it's, that's about how far it is from the Earth. 11 billion miles. Uh, it has visited four planets, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and uh, Neptune. Sorry, Uranus. I like to say it wrong sometimes. It's the, it's the juvenile in me. It is just absolutely astounding, the information on this thing. If you were to travel at the speed of light, it would take you 16 hours and 36 minutes to catch up. Now, this is uh, the stats as of November uh, 2018. So it might take you a little bit longer to get there now. And it's a, just a little bit farther than 11 billion miles now. It's just, it's incredible. Uh, there is a documentary. I've talked about it before on the show. It's called uh, Voyager, uh, it's called The Farthest Voyager in Space. Uh, it's produced by PBS, or at least it was shown on PBS. Uh, you can find it on Netflix. I think it's still streaming on Netflix. So you can check it out there. Uh, it's streaming. If it is streaming on there, it's streaming not for free because I, you know how I hate it when somebody says it's streaming for free on Netflix. No, it's not. You have to buy a subscription to be able to access the films on Netflix. So it's not free. So stop saying it's free. So I've reached my next break. It is really cool. That is super cool. That have reached my next, my first break, uh, but no, uh, this this spacecraft—it's human beings have done that, and you know why it was possible for this to be done? Because of science. Science made it possible. Science, yeah. Okay, um, I've made it to my first break. You are listening to Dimland Radio on the Sea Talk Radio Network at SeaTalkRadio.com. I'm your host, Jim Doctor Dim Fitzsimmons. I shall return after this break. Uh, 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 uh. we got for Jake. It is the coolest thing. Hearing loss happens gradually with age, making it easy to ignore. Yet most older Americans aren't getting their hearing tested. Dad, can you hear me? Untreated hearing loss can keep your loved ones from enjoying what they cherish most. Don't let that happen. Speak up about hearing loss. You'll be glad you did. Brought to you by the American Speech Language Hearing Association. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. Welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. That bit of guitar feedback will wake you up, won't it? <laughs> I had a friend when I was in art school listening to my headphones, uh, or, list, or no, he wasn't listening to my headphones. He was listening on his headphones to a mixtape that I had made. And... It went from one song to that song that just played, which is a song called Dark Entries by the band Bauhaus. It's a gothic rock band from the from the late 70s and 80s. Uh, and he, he was unprepared for that song to come on, and I was watching him, and he just went, whoa, because <laughs> it came on loud, and he went, uh, <laughs> wow, that's a, that's a start. I said, what was it? And he, said, he told me, I said, oh, yep, that one will wake you up. So, okay, um... I'm going to talk about film, the art of film, cinema. And I'm going to talk about something that's 
well, it's really not much of a problem anymore, but uh, it was for a while there. Uh, and but it's since it's but it's pretty much been resolved. But I'm going to talk about it anyway. My show, talk about what I want, uh, and that is um, the scourge that is nearly as annoying as the portrait formatted formatted videos that show up on the news because amateur video takers don't know how to hold their cameras. I know, I know, it's just easy that way. I know that's why I always send my 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 vitriolic anger in the direction of the companies that make the smart devices that have those cameras on them so that they they should default to landscape no matter how you hold it the the lens is situates itself or whatever the computer situates it so that the the image is in landscape okay it's just it should be that way all the time because that way people can hold the camera the way it's comfortable, especially if they're doing a quick video thing. They just grab, oh, quick, get this on video, and then you take your thing out and hit the thing and hit the button to get it started, and you just hold it. That's, that's how it's natural, and I understand that. But, you know, if you, I, I guess you can, I can't expect the, you know, the, you know, you regular people to figure out how to hold your camera. It's like, so we have to make the appeal to the manufacturers. Know, was that a bit of a bit arrogant of me but this is almost as annoying as watching portrait formatted videos and that is the scourge that was known as full screen full screen that's that's when when you got uh, uh, VHS cassettes and and DVDs back in the day I suppose laser discs you'd get these and you'd get a movie and it would be in full screen. Eventually, they started to offer two. They'd have one that's full screen and one that's widescreen. And when widescreen became available in videos and, and that, I always opted for widescreen. You should always opt for widescreen because the full screen is just crap. Now, there are some methods of filming in widescreen that can be converted to full screen where you don't lose much of the information. I can't remember how that works. I've seen the images on how it how it sets up. Um, but it I, I yeah I'll try to find more information about that and, I, and I'll see if I can include it in the show notes. I'll have to make a note to myself not to forget that. But here's the thing. I was doing some research uh, using the Wikipedia Doing some research about widescreen and what how that started happening. I guess I guess in the early 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 days of movies, you know, back before the turn of the 19th century, in when film was just beginning, that there there was a widescreen format to it, uh, to to some of the films, maybe not all films, but there would be some more of the widescreen. That's that's the the. The way things were when they had to be full screen, uh, that was to f match the aspect ratio of the old TV sets that we used to have, and uh, and there's a reason for that. Um, but okay, so film would be sometimes in widescreen, sometimes the screen would be a little more square, a little more like the old TV set screen. Uh, sometimes it'd be like that. But then in the 1930s, film a lot of most film went back to that smaller, more square format because it was just more economical. There was a depression on after all, so even Hollywood felt the pinch, and so they needed to to do that because it just was more economical. But uh, by 1953 or something like that, by the early 1950s, the widescreen stuff started to show up again in Panavision and CinemaScope and VistaVision and. Uh, you know, it's just these big widescreen shows. There's there's some reasons for that, and uh, I like to. I think it's part of the reason for that happening in the 1950s was because television started to become very much uh, ubiquitous. More and more and more families in America were getting TV sets, and it's the aspect ratio of the TV set would be more square. So movie theaters were worried about TV. The Hollywood, the filmmakers, they were worried about t television taking away audience. So they thought, well, if we give them much a more spectacular, a bigger picture, we go widescreen, 
that would be something that they can't get on their TVs that might entice them out there. They also did stuff like uh, air conditioning in movie theaters. That might have gone before the 50s, but it, it was something that was offered to, to get people to come in because air conditionings weren't as, as common. Uh, air conditioners in the windows or central air weren't, wasn't as common in uh, the average households in America back in the back in the day. And so to get out of the house and get in some air conditioning for a couple hours, that was that was one thing to entice people to the movies. Uh, another was uh, they tried 3D, which probably got the younger audiences for a little bit. And I, and I see that it seems like 3D is sort of uh, waned even now. Remember, it kind of it made the surge, and the kids' movies would be released in 3D. But I'm not seeing as much 3 3D stuff going on now. I mean, is Ralph Wrecks the Internet, is that in 3D anywhere? It might be, and I'm just not aware of it. But it seems like it's not that big a deal. And one of the silliest things would have 3D TV in your house. I mean, come on. So these movies, then it became a problem when the movies went to the widescreen. How do we get these things on TV? Because eventually the TV people wanted to show the movies on TV when they became available. And so they had to invent this, this, this dreaded thing called pan and scan. So what the, you may be aware of this, but uh, so they would format the picture to the size of a TV screen, you know, to the, the dimensions of a TV screen back then. But that would mean that the, the somebody would have to sit down with the movie and decide, where to station the picture? You know, should we go over all the way to the right, and then it cuts off on the left somehow, or should we just put it dead center for here? Should we, you know, move it over to the left for this shot? Should we intercut within a shot? You know, you've got two people talking to each other. One's on the left side of the screen. One's on the right side of the screen, and and you have it so that it it goes. The guy's on the right side of the screen, but you can't see the guy on the left. And then it cuts to the left guy in the screen, but you can't see the guy on the right. When in the theater, you could see them both at the same time. So you would cut in between there. So you, you pan and you scan, and you pick, you cut through here. What do you do? And that's somebody would try and do that. It resulted in, in some movies looking claustrophobic. Meaning, you know, st like, like it would seem like the camera's too close. Tops of heads might be a little cut off, or it just it just didn't seem right. Look right. I remember watching um, uh, the movie Oh God on TV, and this was back in the days with the more square, square screens. And I just kept thinking, okay, the, the, the close-ups were really close up, and it felt uncomfortably so, and um, and it didn't seem designed that way. Uh, it just so then I realized that it's the widescreen, the pan and scan, and all that. I mean, when I was a little kid, I would notice that movies would be shown on TV. Let's say the the Great Escape would come on, and it would start out in widescreen format on our TVs in the letterbox, which means that it has a black bar on the top and a black bar on the bottom. And I think they call it letterbox. It seems uh, makes sense to me. They called it letterbox because to fit all the letters of the title in there. I don't know why they didn't call it title box, but and so the opening credits would be in that widescreen format. So you could read the full title, you could see, you know, if the stars' names went too far across, they weren't getting cut off at the sides. And then at some point when it gets past the titles, there's a there's a cut where it transitions from like a full shot of the camp uh, I'm saying, you know, Great Escape of the full shot of the camp, and then it, there's a there's a cut to a different a close up or something, and that cut corresponds with going to full screen. So I noticed this. Why why am I talking about it? Well, I noticed it um, from the comic book store that I work at. Uh, also, um, a bunch of movies came in on DVD, and I borrowed several. A lot of westerns. I love westerns, uh, and uh, one of them was the movie McKenna's Gold. Now, back when I was a kid, McKenna's Gold was one of those movies that must have been free for local stations to show because it was on frequently. It, you could almost bet that if it was a Saturday afternoon, uh, chances were pretty good that McKenna's Gold was going to be on sometime. Maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm remembering it being more ubiquitous than it was, but still, it was there, and I would see it often. And I... 
it was I really liked it when I was a kid. I didn't realize the movie was a mess. Oh, it's a mess. It's I just watched it again recently. Not only was it a full screen version on DVD. See, that was the thing. For a long time when DVDs and VHS and were available, it, they would they would slowly introduce the widescreen to get to people the cinemaphiles like me. Uh, to, well, we'd go for widescreen because we want the we want to see the whole picture. Whereas the you know people that may not be as sophisticated a movie viewer is wondering why the full TV screen isn't filled. Well, there's a black bar on the top and the bottom. Yes, but you're getting the full picture, or at least almost the full picture, depending on how wide the screen was in the you know the aspect ratio of the original film. And but they would still like my whole frame. I I pay for a TV screen. I want the whole screen filled. Yep, yeah, but don't you want to see the full picture? No, it wasn't my full. So they didn't get it. See, you know those people, and and so I'm watching McKenna's Gold, which is a mess. They had to have a narrator come in periodically to explain to the audience just what the hell was going on in the movie. It, there was probably a good story in there somewhere, but it just was not. It was a mess, and some of the special effects, even for 1969, were 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 not so great. And this is same time period when Stanley Kubrick made 2001: A Space Odyssey. Or 2001, A Space Odyssey. Anyway, so uh, I'm watching McKenna's Gold thing, and it's in full screen, and I'm like, uh, and you can tell there's some moments in there. And I, I was able to find images online that I could uh, demonstrate what happens. I mean, there's a shot with, with Telly, so the movie stars Gregory Peck, Omar Sharif, and Telly Savalas. And there's a shot there where the three of them are on the screen. Next to each other, they're on the on horseback, and they're looking into some canyon. And we, in the widescreen, you see all three of them at the same time. In the pan and scan, you just you know Telly Savalas isn't there. And I don't know. Do we want to see Telly Savalas? Yeah, I want to see him. <laughs> He's on the screen. He should be there. So that's it. Just it bugged me. But the worst thing, and I remember this from from way back when, when Star Wars. The original Star Wars was made available on on video, or when it first showed up on television, it would be in the in the pan and scan, be full screen. So I, I believe we had the videotape full screen, and you remember in the film when R2D2s run off, and Luke and C3PO have to go find him the next day. And they, you know, they, we got to get back because, you know, there's the sand people, which is a vaguely racist term, I think. I mean, they're called Tuscan Raiders. They're the Tuscan people. They're not, they're not, you know, sand people. What the heck kind of a name is that? Jeez. But anyway, so, you know, there's several creatures moving nearby or something, R2-D2 says. And, and Luke says, well, sand people or worse. And he goes to take to check it out. Now, the sand people use these elephant-like creatures they call banthas to get around for transportation. So so we see Luke up on a rock outcropping. He's got a fancy electronic telescope, not telescope, but binoculars. And he's looking at at these two banthas. He says, well, there's two banthas down there, but I don't see any sand people. And then he says, wait a minute, I see one of them now. Now, I can remember that from watching TV and thinking... I don't see one of them at that point. You know, I don't. I didn't see one. And it's just after that moment when he says that that the the one sand person that's closer to him uh, attacks him. So once the widescreen version became available for DVD, or you see the movie again in the theater, and it's me being the pedant that I am, I'm paying attention to that scene. And let me see if figure out what what happened because. You don't see a sand person in that picture. You just see the two banthas. And in the theater, when it's widescreen, or on DVD when it's widescreen, you see one of these sand people come in from the right side of the screen. As as And Luke says, oh, they, they are sand people. I see one of them now. You would see that. Now, if the person who is doing the, the pan and scan aspect of it would have been paying attention, they would have cheated the picture over to the right so that the viewer would see that and it would make sense to them. But no, they kept it pretty much centered. And so I'll have an example of that in the show notes. Luckily, 
our TV screens have all gone wide. And and you'll still get the black bars on bottom and top. It'll still happen. You'll still get a movie on, that you watch on Netflix or wherever you watch it from. You'll still get that from time to time because the aspect ratio is different than your TV screen. But I, but but I what's nice is that I think people have come to understand that there's going to be a black bar along the top and bottom. Just now, when we watch old TV shows, there are black bars on the side. Oh well, what you, you, you can't have everything, can you? I mean, if you had everything, where would you put it? That's a Stephen Wright joke. Well, I've made it up to my next break, I think. Yes, I have. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. I know pan scan's not a real big deal anymore, but I just wanted to talk about it anyway because it bugged me. Okay? I'll be back. Somewhere somebody's leaving. Somewhere somebody leaving my kind of town. If this station's not your cup of tea. Then drink coffee! 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 Coffee. Drink coffee! 100% news. 100% information. 100% guarantee. But you might say that. (laughs) You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Well, I'll be You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. You don't say. Oh, what? You think you went off to college or something? On ZTalkRadio.com. That's the most amazing thing since Grandma survived the outhouse incident. Welcome back to Dimland Radio on the Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'm going to do another cool thing. This will be the second cool thing of the three three cool things. I'm doing a little experiment by interspersing the, th- the cool things throughout the show instead of just sticking them at the end. But I might continue to stick them at the end later. But, okay, here's the next cool thing. Uh, this I spotted uh, on Facebook. You know, a lot of my stuff I spot on social media. What, what can I say? Somebody had uh, posted a link to a site that has a uh, has a um, video of a of an old film, or should be you know, actually four old films, all from 1915. That's more than a hundred years ago. Uh, and the four films, uh, each film depicts or shows um, a different artist. Uh, from the uh, the you know three painters and a sculptor, and the painters are well let's see the artists are Claude Monet, Pierre Auguste Renoir, Auguste Rodin or Rodin Rodin I'm I'm not sure how to say it, and Edgar Degas, and uh, it's just absolutely fascinating to see these guys. Now they're much older uh, in these in these films. Um, let's see. Monet is 74, and what we see in his clip, and it's a couple minutes, three minutes or something like that, we see his uh, him walking around um, the, the that that uh, that pond, the lily pond, 
with the the arch bridge back there, and you know the walking bridge, and we get to see that area. Now it's all black and white, of course, and we and and then at some point he's at his canvas and we he's painting, and you get just a little bit of a of a, a view of the canvas. So you can't really tell exactly what he's painting. Uh, I mean, other than we know he's painting the lily pond, but it seems this what what's going on there. You get a, a hint, but you can't quite tell. But it's so cool. Just there he is, Claude Monet, who uh, who incidentally was born on the same day in November as I was. Not the same year, but the same day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. So yeah, the fourteenth. Astrologers, put your charts away. I don't need to know my charts because it's bullshit. So just put them away. And so the next person that uh, gets featured in this uh, video is uh, uh, is uh, Renoir. Now this one might be a little. Well, it might make your heart kind of have the the, the emotions of feeling you know sorry for him because well he's an old guy too he's also seventy four in the in this at least according to the information about uh, that's included in the video uh, and it's it's totally silent it's just it I think it just has music playing under it and there's title cards giving you some information so he's seventy four you see him sitting and he's working on a painting. And he has a young man assisting him, and that young man is his son. And at some point, you see another fellow come in. And this other fellow, I think you saw him in the in. I think he's the same guy that shows up in the Claude Monet bit. Uh, he shows up in this. I believe he's the director, the guy that's making the filmmaker who's putting these these artists on film. And so Renoir is sitting there painting, and he has he has that very. Uh, 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 twisted hands condition that comes from a kind of arthritis, I believe it is. The knuckles are enlarged, and his fingers are just twisted, uh, turned down, and you know his thumbs are twisted. And so he has his son will help him, you know, put a brush in his hand and get the the little panel to um, use for uh, uh, for. Uh, the paint, you know, they have that little wood thing, with a little flat piece of wood with a hole through the middle where you put your thumb through and you put bits of paint on it so that you can stand and paint. So he's got that, and he's working on something. He's got a cigarette hanging out of his mouth, and he's just working at things, and he's seen, they appear to be talking to each other and enjoying themselves. Very, it's very, again, it's so cool to see that. Then there's, uh, the next film is of Rodin, uh, Rodin, the guy that did the Thinker sculpture, so you see him walking around his his house, I guess, uh, outside or something, and then and then uh, then you see him actually sculpting. I mean, making you know, chiseling away at some some, some kind of stone, and it, uh, all four of these guys that you see, they all have big beards. Uh, well, they have beards. Uh, Renoir's beard wasn't so huge, but uh, the other guys are big beards, and so. Rodin, uh, Rodin is just ch chunking away, and he turns. He turns to the faces the camera, and he's kind of chuckling. And he's got bits of whatever the rock that he's cra you know that he's chopping through, um, in his beard. And I thought it was kind of cute. the The final film is Edward Degas. Uh, we don't see him doing any work, any artwork. He's just walking along a sidewalk. I'm assuming in France somewhere. And uh, uh, it's only about 18 seconds that one. He's walking along and. Uh, two women walk into, you know, walk from the opposite direction, coming into camera. He's walking toward the camera, uh, and the two of and one of the two women, the trailing one, she turns back and looks as he's past her. So I don't know if she's looking at him because she recognizes him, or if she's looking back to check out the camera, which is probably what she's doing. She's checking out the camera. So it's really cool. I'll link to it. It's cool. It's just great to see these old artists. And uh, I think let's see, uh, Rodin was was 75, and Degas was 81 when they're shown. And this is this is more than 100 years ago. That's that is what's really neat, nifty when you get this photography stuff and film from that that long ago. It's a little creepy, it's a little eerie, but it's also so fascinating just to see, you know, these these people are walking around alive, just as alive as we are right now, and uh, yeah, and. I mean, it, going into the future, there's going to be unless something, unless something drastic happens to to our world, um, we'll have lots of 
film footage of just ordinary everyday people, not not just famous people, but we'll have all kinds of of uh, video and such to look at to study how we lived. You know, if it's a hundred years from now, they can look back and see how people were living. It's you know, it's fascinating. It's cool, and that's why it's one of the cool things. I have a movie recommendation. I haven't done a movie re recommendation in quite a while. Uh, this one I just saw. Uh, went over to my uh, friend's place. Uh, a group of us showed up. And we watched Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, this was... It was... I, uh, I was surprised um, at how enjoyable it was. It really is an enjoyable, entertaining, fun film. So we've got... It's it it did all right in the it made its money back in the United States. It's like it had a three hundred million dollar budget, and I saw that it made something like three hundred ninety two million dollars in 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 America. You know, around the world, it made a butt to, a buttload of money too. So it sure it made plenty, but it it seemed to show what people were starting to say uh, a Star Wars fatigue, but others were saying that. People just weren't ready to see somebody that wasn't Harrison Ford playing Han Solo. Which that might have had something to do with. But but I think the fellow, what's his name? I wrote it down. It's Alden... Uh, Alden... Uh, Aaron Reich? Aaron... Aaron Reich? Aaron Reich? <laughs> I don't know how to say his last name. But uh, I thought he did fine. And and there's uh, Donald, Donald Glover. Is that his name? Yeah, Donald Glover, he played uh, uh, Lando Calrissian. I thought both of them did a really nice job playing those characters. Uh, they didn't try to do impressions of Harrison Ford and Billy D. Williams. They didn't try to do impressions. They just, they may have, uh, well, uh, they both captured some mannerisms. Every now and then there was a move, there was a, there was a gesture. That was oh yeah that's that's Harrison Ford or there was this inflection in the voices ooh that's Lando, you every now and then they'd have that happen but it wasn't it wasn't uh, you know do an impression of these actors when they were younger. Uh, and and it it's and when you compare it, now it's, this is called Star Wars uh, a Star Wars story, and so they do these little uh, it's not part of the the main ones it's not episode number whatever. So the, the first A Star Wars story was Rogue One, and that was the lead-up to Star Wars, A New Hope, and how those rebels got the plans for the Death Star and how they got them to Princess Leia. And it's, that one's a really good movie, too, but it's much darker. It's very dark. Uh, because going in, we're pretty sure what happens to the members of Rogue One. I won't, you know, I won't tell you, but pretty... We we pretty much had that worked out on what was going to happen, um, but it ha so it has a dark tone to it. It is not that way with Solo. There's some dark stuff that happens in it. There's some heavy stuff that happens in it. But really, it the, the tone of it is much lighter. It's much more in Han Solo's sort of way. And there's plenty of Easter eggs. Throughout the thing to give you know the big fans uh, a thrill, you know the longtime fans is oh that's great that the little bit there like there's a there's a bit of an explanation as to why Lando kept calling Han Han, yeah, his name is Han why are you saying Han? There's uh, there's neat little things like that little little bits in there and there's um I don't want to give it away but there's a moment uh, of justice I'll say that I exclaimed <laughs> after it happened. Uh, I, I, I said something uh, that I won't tell you exactly what I said, but it was, uh, it was, it was as if uh, something that had been wronged was, was righted. And I pointed at the screen and I said what I said. And uh, most everybody there had already seen the movie. I think myself and one other person hadn't seen it. And they, it, when we, when the movie ended, we were talking about it, and I think one of them said he hadn't made that connection until I s shouted what I shouted. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. It was, it was pretty good. 
if you want to know privately, you can you know send me a a private uh, you know on Facebook. You know, go say what, what what did you say, and I'll tell you. But I don't want to spoil it for you if you haven't seen the movie. But it it also stars uh, Woody Harrelson, and that might be uh, the one little not much of a problem, but a little bit because he's so known. He's so known as Woody Harrelson, and so known as a as playing a certain kind of a certain type character. It doesn't. So if, in a movie where most everybody else in there is pretty not you know pretty unknown. Uh, Paul Bettany's in there. He plays the bad guy. You know, Paul but- Bettany. You've seen him in um, uh, in A Beautiful Mind. I think he's in that. He's in uh, the Marvels, the Avengers. He plays uh, the Vision, whichever one he shows up in the Avengers movies. Uh, he, I think he shows up in the one with the Age Ultron. I think that's the one. Uh, he plays the Vision. Uh, he's he's been in other things. You've seen him. He's and uh, he was in that movie called Master and Commander and. From the far side of the earth, or something I can't remember the subtitle is, but he's he's in that, and it's he's, so he's see there's some recognizability with him. There's Thandi Newton. She's uh, she was uh, she's been around for for a while. Um, she was a kid actor, and she came up out of uh, I think Australia, and um, she's she's uh, uh, she's in Westworld the series she's in that now they might know recognize her more from that but the faces weren't quite as recognizable as oh that's so and so except for Woody Harrelson and that in a movie where you've got that happening it's it, sometimes that can take you out just a little bit but he does a fine job he does a fine job as his character it it and and it's it, it's the movie's kind of a heist film it's certainly a very much of a western, although a lot of the Star Wars films could be considered a western, especially the first one. That's kind of a western there, and it's also kind of a pirate movie, and it's also kind of a, a samurai movie, and it's also kind of other things. Um, but this one has a western feel to it, and as I said earlier in the show, I like westerns. Okay, um, so check out. Uh, solo, a Star Wars story. Give it a chance. Don't let this Star Wars fatigue get you. I don't think it's... It, may, it might not be that... But just, just give it a chance. It's got some neat stuff in there. Like I said, some nice little Easter eggs. It's it's big, it's, it's it's cool. And it gives you... There was the mistake of in the original Star Wars movie where where Harrison Ford says says about the Millennium Falcon it was it was the uh, you know it was the ship that made the Kessel run in uh, however many parsecs and it was said in a mo- it to sound as though it made it in a in a, in a, a short amount of time but a parsec is not a measurement of time it's a measurement of distance the this movie explains why he would say that it has a, it it works they they make it work and uh, and it's it's kind of clever I think so check it out Sol, uh, solo a Star Wars story check that one out I got one more cool thing one last cool thing uh, I've been rummaging through some old photographs to put them up on the on the Facebook and I ran across one uh, that I found when I was cleaning a building cleaning an office years ago there's a picture in the trash I don't know how it caught my eye but it did uh, it's a picture of two guys. Uh, one guy, I have no idea who it is. I didn't, I didn't even recognize him as anybody that might have worked at the place. I mean, that you know, if uh, anybody who would work late that I might know, or the pictures of themselves on their desks or something, I didn't, I didn't recognize this guy at all. The other guy, though, the taller fellow with a mustache, is Frankie Sweet Music Viola. He was a pitcher for the Twins from, I think, 1982 up until 1989, something like that. Maybe something like that. He um, he was part of the 1987 World Series championship team. He won the American League uh, uh, Cy Young Award uh, in 1988. He was a pitcher. He was ace, one of their ace pitchers. Um, really good. Uh, and so this, so this, so I have, so I took the picture out and I kept it. And I've kept it all these years. I still have it. I think it's pretty cool, just to have this picture of a of a complete stranger and Frankie Viola. What do you think? That's pretty cool. Good night, Herr Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. And as always, I want, I hope that you've had at least three cool things happen for you this past week. 
Uh, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network. I want you to stay skeptical. Stay away from multi-level marketing scams. You don't want to get in them. Just don't. Just don't. It's they, You don't. You're going to lose money. Don't do it. Uh, so be skeptical of those. You, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dimfit Simmons, reminding you to sleep with the lights off. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Bonjour, Monsieur Dim. You are too clever for us naughty people. My life, you're clever, Dim. It's certainly taken me in. Well, well I'm going, going to hell. hell.